Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast is Mr. Steve D. Sims. He is an incredible person. So we didn't get to talk as much about blue fishing, but we talked a lot about just the message and changing the world and the way people are tearing people down now. And he went into some really cool things as far as like, what's the three letters that can get you your time back with one single word that I think is a very important thing to look at. Why you should be more like a five-year-old. We talked about some of the commonalities that have happened between people in, in this industry of COVID. But in those, although social media is so profound and people can connect on a huge level, the art of communication has seems to become a sort of a standstill. Talk about what would you do if the internet dropped down, ways to build branding, ways to have consistency between your different platforms so people understand who you are, what you do, and what your consistent message is. Super, super important things. We talked a lot about people in general right now. Go for Stupid, his book, and, and just getting things done and why people don't get things done or why people don't push forward and how they get psyched out and tear things down. And he's done some sick stuff. Like uh, if, you, if you look at some of the the stuff that we've talked about, I mean, creating these lifetime experiences for the rich and the famous from renting out a, a museum in Florence so people can have a dinner underneath the David with Andrea Bocelli standing above them, singing while they eat their pasta, getting them on stage with Guns N' Roses, with Beyonce, uh, walking the red carpet with Sir Elton John, having a private shipwreck tour of the Titanic. I mean, it, it literally is crazy. And his podcast, The Art of Getting Things Done, and his company of just story after story of these amazing A-list adventures that most people will never get to experience. And he's had the honor of not only experiencing, but setting up and having have. I, I mean, I could have just listen to his stories. I could have gotten him out and just listened to that, but watch his book, listen to his podcast, and you hear a lot of really great stuff. But we had a good conversation. The guy comes from a kickboxing background, business background, entrepreneur background, podcast host, straight up guy from uh, from England. You know, he likes his motorcycle, his dogs, and his, his his booze every now and then, a little bit of whiskey, whatever it might be. So um, just a, a straight up guy, very authentic. He is who he is. I think he's a, a breath of fresh air. I thought he said a lot of really good stuff, and you can see he just is who he is. And I very much appreciate that. Very much enjoyed the conversation. The hour freaking flew by for me. So I wish I could have kept him for another couple hours. Maybe we get him back on, but very successful guy, very huge following on social media. So he's doing something right. He's passing on a really good message that more of us can benefit from, for building people up, not tearing them down. So let's become part of that together. Follow him, pick up his book. I'll do a giveaway, check the show notes and I'll push some podcast clips. So follow my my Instagram and my, my Facebook and all of our social media to find out about the giveaway. If you're listening for this, great chance to win a copy of his book free. You can go to nicknicknick.com slash links for all the ways to follow me on social media and all the ways to subscribe to this podcast. Please, please do that. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review and please follow and interact with me on social media. So when I post the clips for episodes like this with Steve, he sees that you guys are liking it, commenting on it, sharing it, taking your friends. That's what makes people want to keep coming onto our podcast and giving you guys an hour or so every single week of free information from some of the top entrepreneurs, athletes, businessmen, and minds in the world today. So to continue to do that, that is the feed. Just please interact, thumbs up, little check, little fist bump on social media makes a big deal. So nicknicknick.com slash links. 
for all the ways to subscribe and all the ways to follow us on social media and to check with all of our affiliates from in the promo code AGAMING to get 20% off of your CBD products from William Brandon and Naked Warrior Recovery. If you need money for your real estate deals, hit up Marianne on Nationwide Business Capital. Tell them we sent you over there. You have Reva Global. You have Zachary Babcock to help you with your podcasts. Tons of other things in there. Last but certainly not least, definitely, if you are looking to get into real estate, that is what this whole thing is about, is doing some deals together. We are in a great time in the market right now to really make a, uh, something happen. So text me. It's the best way to get me if you would like to talk about doing your first real estate deal together or your next real estate deal together, whether you want to buy properties from me, sell properties to me, or find a way to partner up with some deals, text me directly, 516-540-5733. Again, 516 516- 5405733 is the best way to directly get me. So I don't know on all these different platforms where you message me, that's the way to do it. And last but certainly not least, if you would like a free checklist on all the ways to bring more value to your buyers, whether you're a real estate wholesaler, agent, or broker, go to nicknicknick.com slash bigger pockets. Steve Sims, you are a stud, my friend. I really appreciate everything. Check the show notes for all the ways to connect with him. Check out his book. Check out his mastermind. And definitely don't forget to check out the rest of this episode of the A-Game Podcast. Have a great day. All right. Today, we have our guest who is a speaker, coach, consultant, and master connector fighting out of London, England, now by way of Los Angeles. This former bricklayer turned buddy to billionaires and amazing people such as Sir Elton John and Elon Musk has been named the real-life Wizard of Oz. He's the host of the Art of Making Things Happen podcast, which has featured such amazing guests as Eric Huberman, Ken Clarkie, and Roland Frazier, as well as many, many, many more. And he is the host of the Speakeasy Mastermind coming to LA in October, which we'll talk more about. He is best known as the founder of Bluefish, a concierge firm that makes the impossible possible for the rich and famous, doing such amazing, incredible things that I'm sure we're going to touch on. But a lot limited to things like a shipwreck of the Titanic, a tour, private dinners under Michelangelo's De David, while Andrea Bocelli serenades you over your favorite pasta to sing on stage with your favorite rock bands. He is the author of Bluefish and the Art of Making Things Happen, and his new book is coming out, Go for Stupid, October 18th, which we are going to jump deep into. He is also the founder of Sims Media. He's got a ton of stuff going on for brand growth that can help amplify your brand and your podcast. Most importantly, he is a dog lover, a motorcycle enthusiast, and our guest today coming at you live with 240 pounds of authenticity. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast, Mr. Steve Sims. It's a pleasure to be here. Hell of an intro. Thank you. Man, you were again one of those ones that I looked over and I was like, how do I condense all of this amazing stuff into one little blurb without kind of dragging out or stealing your thunder. But your your story is amazing. Your background is amazing, man. And you just have such a, a wide mix and of an array of so many different things we can jump into. But if you were going to repeat that back, how would you define yourself for somebody who just wanted a quick 30,000 foot view on who you are and where you came from? I'm the exact same as every other entrepreneur. I'm a curious, aggravated kid. Um, and that's it. And I think all entrepreneurs, when you core it down, that's why we are. We're pissed off. Something doesn't work. We look at something. We go, why does it have to work like that? Or I've got a problem. Where's my solution? And then we find the solution. And then we find other people with that problem. And then we sell them the solution. So I'm the same as every other entrepreneur. I'm an aggravated five-year-old. <laughs> I absolutely love that. You know, I, I always have bullets and stuff that I want to go through, but I always tell everybody I'm excited to talk about whatever they're excited to talk about. That gets me excited when somebody's passionate. I don't care what it is. Dogs, jujitsu, pizza, I'm in. And we started talking about something that immediately hit home with your book coming out, Go For Stupid. 
we discussed briefly about how other people tear each other down. Boom, there it is for you guys watching. So I want to do a giveaway too. I'm going to give away five of those books as soon as they come out for our audience over here. So we'll definitely support that. But I think it goes really well hand in hand with your first book and your whole message about making things happen. So for you, I'd like to back up a little bit for why don't people make more stuff happen? I mean, you've dealt with all these amazing people, done all these amazing things. You've met people just starting out to people that have achieved stuff that most people would never dream of. But everybody starts out with goals. Everybody starts out with good intentions. Why is it that they don't hit them? I don't think they do. And I think that's the problem. They don't start out with goals. They start out with dreams that they contain deep down in their head. But when was the last time your buddy over a drink actually told you what his goals and aspirations were? It's very vulnerable for you to sit here and go, hey, oh, God, 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 tell you about this, boy. You know, Nick, my, my goal is to sing on stage with Beyonce, you know? If they were to say that, if, if you were to stand in a bar and you'd go, do you know, I was just thinking the other day, I had that weird cat Sims on the, on the podcast <laughs> and I decided to tell you my goal. My goal is to sing on stage with Beyonce. How many of your friends in the bar would giggle at that? Okay. And here's the daft thing. Fuck them. It's not their goal. It's your goal. But they're now jeering at you. You see, the downside is there's about 15% of the planet that are entrepreneurs. And the other 85% of the planet work for those entrepreneurs. But we end up listening to the crowd. And the crowd are naysayers. The crowds are running around with our pitchforks screaming, which... And anything that you've got as a goal, they want to tear down. And we've had that amplified through COVID where we like to raise people up on a pedestal and then crap on them. Let me, here you go. Let's, let's, let's kick off. Let me tell you this. Uh, or let me ask you this, Nick. Do you like trucks? Sure. Sure. Do you have a truck? I do not. Do you want a truck? Uh, not particularly. So you don't really care about trucks? No, indifferent. <laughs> did you see Elon Musk's unveiling of the Cybertruck? Sure did. <laughs> right. So you saw the unveiling of a vehicle you have no interest or concern about. Correct. Right. That man did a two-hour unveiling of a vehicle that you have no concern with. And I had a podcast the other day in Korea, and this girl was in me. She was a young lady. And I said, oh, do you like trucks? She said, not really. I said, um, do you have a car? She said, I live in Korea. I have a push bike. And <laughs> she, I said, well, would you like a truck? She went, not really. I said, did you see the Cybertruck unveiling? She was like, oh, yeah, my family. <laughs> we sat him. So this man engaged the planet, regardless if you cared about the product. He engaged the world on the unveiling of this truck. He also, in two hours sold out of every single pre-sale slot before he'd even started making the vehicle. How would you, how would you like, I know I would imagine if I sold every single one of these copies that could ever be printed before I even did the book, you know, you sold every single course before you made the course, you sold every single product before you built up the conveyor belt to build it. Okay. He did that. But what were the headlines the following day? Negative. What was it? I don't know offhand. Did it have something to do with a bulletproof glass? Yeah. So we've got a guy that built something with a, a transmission, a engine 
that no one's ever seen anything like before, made out of materials and composite that no one's ever used before in a shape that no one's ever seen before. And he sold out of everything before he even built it. But what did we want to do? We wanted to piss on his parade. So the following day, it was, ha ha, the bulletproof glass broke. Now, I don't want to be picky, but if in your spec sheet, when you're buying a vehicle, you need bulletproof glass, you've got bigger problems. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to jeer at the guy. We wanted to ridicule him. Do you remember when he was using his space rockets and the, he realized that two thirds of the cost of a rocket was the fuel cells. So, okay, if we can get them back, refuel them, send them up again, we save two thirds of our cost. Now it's not exactly two thirds. So any of you, you know, astronauts out there that want to moan at me, <laughs> I don't care, but you get the point. A large proportion of the cost of the rocket was those um, fuel cells. If you can bring them back and make them reusable, it would cut the costs down. So he went into a whole mission in trying to get them down. Do you remember watching how many times it would land on that floating bed in the ocean, tip over and explode? Do you remember seeing that? Vaguely, vaguely. When was the last time you saw it? It's been a while. I saw like the, um, when they were putting out the, the initial pictures and everybody was just criticizing the crazy, oh, it's so ugly, it's this, it's that. And I was kind of watching all the reactions on that. Do you know why you don't see it anymore? Because hmm. it works. We don't like shit when it works. When it all goes to plan, bollocks, it worked. We need to find someone else to sabotage. All the time it was landing and falling over and exploding, Elon and his crowd was getting educated on how the gyros were working. Was there too much movement? Was it rocking? He was getting all of this education while you were sitting there with your cup of coffee and your chocolate finger pissing on <laughs> it, okay? See, that's the problem with today's society. We don't want to support whether it be you with your, uh, with your dreams in a pub or whether it be Elon Musk, we would much rather as a society today, even though we've just been through a pandemic where we were spaced away from people, we'd rather shit on people. And this got me really violent. Um, literally got me violent. I was so angry. You know, I've got, a, I've got an Instagram feed, Steve D Sims. I'm Steve D Sims anyway, by the way. And I started posting these little memes. And it would be things like, well, fuck you. What have you done today? Just, just that, you know? And people would like, whoa, you're, you're a little bit testy at the moment, aren't you? And I said, I can't believe how in a period, the only period where I have something in common with everybody else in the planet. You know, I can, I can be locked in a room with a Korean, a Chinese man, uh, a, a Russian, a... Uh, a girl from Australia, you could have a room full of 20 nations, have nothing to do with each other, but you could strike up a conversation regarding COVID. It's the first time in our life, pray it never happens again, that we actually have the same subject and topic matter in common with each other. But in this period of time, rather than using it as a point to unite us, what did we do? We started sabotaging each other. One of the greatest growing pandemics of the of our time was not covid it was this thing called cancel culture and the gotcha society oh my god i saw that actor in 1972 he dressed up as this person at a fancy dress party my god cancel his career 
You, <laughs> who have nothing to do with doing anything in your life, decided it was acceptable to cancel people's careers from something from ignorance that they did 40 years ago. You know, I find that ridiculous. And we're in a society now where it's getting bigger. And during this COVID period, we had not only this cancel culture and this gotcha society growing at a pandemic rate, we also had a lot of frustration where causes and issues close to our hearts surfaced in the way of protests. We had Me Too, Black Lives Matter, Asian hate. These were conversations. These are conversations we need to be having. But we're in a society where we're really bad at communicating. We're really good at tearing someone apart, but we are butt shit at having a conversation. What we need to be doing today is we need to be going up to people going, why does Asian hate exist? The Me Too, what has it taught us? Black Lives Matter, why are we here today still with this issue? What can I, not us, it all starts with I, what can I do to be part of this cure? But rather than having that conversation, we, we turned around and we went, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't want, yeah, I support you. Support what? What are you supporting? What are you doing about it? And it got me very aggravated. And I'm 55 years old. I'm not warm and fuzzy. I'm not that friendly. But I do want to change the world people interact with each other. And before you stare at your mate in a pub and giggle at him for his um, ostentatious, stupid goal, offer to help and see what that does to your mindset. Hey, boy, I don't know. I, I, Nick, I don't know anything that you're talking about. Don't know how to get hold of Beyonce. But I'm telling you this, boy, when you need a lift to the concert, call me up because I'm driving you. Just imagine if that was part of the conversation, what it would do to our goals. Man, I absolutely love that. You know, it's, it's interesting because I learned one time I wasn't supportive of a friend and I remember for the rest of my life of when he became successful, it's like, do you want to be the person that when they are successful, they remember you with the person who shit all over them? Or do they want to remember you as the person that was like, yeah, it's not, Hey, I knew that guy back in high school. It was like, no, 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 that was my buddy. And you know, he, he uses the example out of the time is like, you don't just want to be the guy who's in the limo. You want to be the guy who's willing to like sit in the back of like a tow truck on the way back and go where it's, it's getting along with that ride. And one of my friends, we were in my parents' backyard. We must've been like 14 years old, sneaking beers. And I remember he goes, dude, I figured out what I'm going to do with my life. I was like, go ahead, man. What are you going to do? You deliver pizzas now. He's like, I'm going to be a famous rock star. And I was like, oh, okay. Famous. You let me know when that, Hey, he's going to be an astronaut. He's going to be a movie star. He's, and he goes, well, you know, what else am I going to do? I know how to deliver pizzas and play the drums. And if you keep making fun of me, when I'm rich and famous, you're not coming backstage to meet girls. And I remember like thinking about that and he's a famous rock star. And I went with him on Letterman and I've gone and seen him in other countries. And like, from that day, I always remember like, you'll never know what these people are going to do. So I would hate it if it was me. And I was like, man, this is the only thing I know how to do. I'm going to do that. And everybody, which they still do to me every day with real estate and jujitsu. Oh, you can't do that. It's like, I can't. I mean, people, my circles are around people every day that get stuff done and do impossible things just because you can't do it. That doesn't mean that I can't. And I think parlaying into the initial conversation of why don't people do more stuff, I think when they do start to go out there and push and, and get the strength and the courage to say, this is what I want to do, they don't get past that because of this kind of bullshit where people talk them out or make them feel stupid about their goals. Totally 100%. We, we, we're too hell-bent on doing that, and we really need to be changing it. This is something that – this is the greater pandemic. It's not COVID because we're getting cures for that, but we still can't get cures for ignorance and stupidity. 
<laughs> Man, I love this. I, I mean, I can, uh, you know, thing after thing, my, my buddy Ally Quinty is a, a very famous UFC fighter. And we started doing real estate. And I was like, man, what's up? He's like, dude, the people are telling me like, oh, you're going to be Donald Trump now. You're going to buy this building. You can do X, Y, and Z. I go, well, man, what did those people say to you when you wanted to get into fighting? He's like, actually, the same people were like, oh, you're going to be in the UFC one day. You're going to do this. It's like, now the guy fought one of the greatest fighters ever for the championship. Like, so those things every day, I, I think is just amazing because everybody has that long list of people who didn't believe in them. Do you want to be remembered as a person who ripped them down or championed them and, you know, construction and stuff? I just heard a great story. Somebody talked about how long it takes to build a building and how fast it is to tear. tear. You could tear a skyscraper down in minutes. It takes yeah. years to build those things. And it's the same thing with hopes, dreams, goals, businesses. It's incredible. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that still subscribe to the same philosophy to be the tallest. You basically got to pull everyone else down. Um, and that's look, that's that philosophy. Here's. Here's the number one tip, and then you can all turn off the podcast if you wish. <laughs> you really have to be strict with your table. That is something that I learned from a very, very early age. If people at my table are not supporting and challenging me, then I need to change the table. If a couple of them are and a couple of them are not, then I need to replace those that are not. You need to make sure that you're in a table. Now that table can be, you know, hypothetical. It could be listening to podcasts. It could be part of a Zoom community. It could be part of a Facebook group. But get into a community where you are supported and challenged. You are capable. Forget this word impossible and stop listening to other people's perspectives and perceptions of what you can achieve. Get an audacious, stupid goal and focus on that and fail forward. If you want to make a million dollars a year, then screw it. Have a goal for $10 million a year and fail and make five. That's the focus. So it's an interesting thing. I, I'm always interested in where they came from in you. Did you start to become the person who made stuff happen out of somebody telling you you couldn't do it? Or I also talk to people that they've done really incredible things to support the people that believed in them. So to prove them wrong or to prove them right, one or the other seems to be something that's really a motivating factor for people to say, I'm going to do this in mm. spite. And some of the things you've done, I'm sure, when they came up to you for, for blue fishing and wanted to go see the Titanic wreckage or go do any of these things that you've done, other people have told them, no, you can't do that. That's crazy. And then they come to you and you say, yes. Like, where did that come from? How did you start going down that path? Um. We all react to things differently, but we all react to fear. It's just how you react to it that's the deciding point that you come up with. Now, I know a lot of people that will say, oh, I can't do this because I'm scared. Or I can't do this because how many, how many times you hear people going, oh, I want to do this. And then the butt attack hits. But I can't do this. And I don't know him. And, oh, but how can I do it? And I'm not qualified. You'll spend two seconds telling me what you want and then two minutes telling me why you can't do it. <laughs> you know, so that kind of thing looks a bit weird to me. But here was the thing. This is how I focused on, on fear. And I'm still scared, okay? And I love fear. We, we're, we're animals. Fear, removing fear from us, is like trying to remove our ability to breathe. It's part of us. It what gets us alive. You know, whether or not 
you're fighting, whether or not you're on a racetrack, whether or not you're just about to walk on stage, whether about you're about to walk into a meeting, step onto a podcast. We've all got that fear. But the fear doesn't dictate whether or not it stops, stops you or starts you. Now, in my definition, my definition of fear is to not be the same person today that I am in six months' time. And I remember a friend of mine, Joe Polish, said that the definition of hell is to meet the man or woman that you could have been. Now, I'm not scared of getting into a meeting. I'm not scared of jumping on a podcast with you. I'm not scared of trying to do a ridiculous, stupid goal. <laughs> I'm scared of not. I'm scared of being here. I'm scared of being at a table with a bunch of idiots that don't support me. I'm scared of being in a room where people have no vision and goals. I'm scared of having a conversation with someone that I have no in commonality with whatsoever. And so that fear, that scare drives me to find a better room, drives me to step on that stage, have that conversation, compels me to meet that person. So we're all frightened of things, but how you react to it will determine the outcome. Man, that's why we're two peas in a pod. I couldn't echo that any better. I always tell people the things in my life that I failed at, I don't regret. It's looking back. It just, it stings you forever. When you go, I could have done this, I should have done this. Where would I have been if I would have done that? And that is the kind of thing, like, you know, fighting was another thing. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, you're, you're going to get your ass kicked. It's like, well, maybe. And that 10, 15 minutes might suck. But what about the next 10, 20, 30 years of wondering, could I have made it to the ring? Could I have done this? Would I have made weight? Like, to me, there's, there's you know, there's no shame in failing. It's, it's not trying. And I know that sounds cliche, but people that are listening to this that have been through that, you know, like the girl you didn't kiss, the job you didn't take, the, the letter you didn't send, like those are the things that will haunt you to your death. Well, here's the problem. And you said it brilliantly. You were not scared of trying. And most people, funny enough, are not. Most people are frightened of being seen to fail. Now, the ring... Five sake, I used to do um, semi-pro kickboxing. So, you know, I, I shared a, the same kind of thing. You get nervous when you get in the ring, but that's what keeps you alive. If you're not nervous, you're not fully alive. You're not fully in the moment. You need, you work with it. It's fuel. It's not a negativity. I race motorcycles now. I'm on the starting grid before that light goes green. My entire body's doing this. And then it unleashes. The beast is unleashed. <laughs> but you see, in today's world, we're frightened of the gotcha society. We're frightened of trying something and not being seen and uh, not actually failing, but being seen to fail and then someone ridiculing you. There's this old saying out there what would you do today if you knew you couldn't fail? My answer buckle. Because I want to fail at things. The failure, getting a punch in the mouth tells you your guard is bad. You know, getting a leg sweep tells you you're in too strong on that stance. Getting pummeled tells you that you never had the stamina and you hadn't trained to, and you shouldn't have had that food last night. These are all educations. You tend not to trip up on the same curb twice. So every time something happens in your life, you become educated. You are a growing library of credibility based on experience. So when you fail, you're amplifying that education. 
It's not a case of what would you do today if you knew you couldn't fail. It was what would you do today if you didn't care about someone laughing at you? And today we're in a society where all of those idiots are out there. They've finished doing that shift at supplying dominoes and they want to sit there and jeer at you because your goal is X, Y, Z. He's not going to do that. He's an idiot. And that's what they want to do. And do you know that the dumbest thing in the world is for you to listen to him? It's like the moron that's just sold his car. He's just made $10,000. He goes into a pub and he's listening to Bobby on the corner of the bar. That's never left that pub in 30 years. He's listening <laughs> to him for financial. Oh, you want to be doing this for your money, my son. This is how you do it. How the hell would you know? You've never left that bar store. It's welded to your ass. Today, we focus on people that we see. We grant them credibility by their visibility. And that's what the guy leaning up against the Maserati. Oh my God, he must be successful. The guy in the, in the penthouse with a beautiful looking swimwear model. My God, that guy looks cool. I've got to listen to him. Why? He rented the penthouse. You're probably not even supposed to be in the penthouse. <laughs> and the girls never met him until the three hour photo shoot just before. We're giving too much people credibility on our visibility. We've got to start trusting our gut. You're a fighter. Okay. You, you train, you train, you train, you train till that point it becomes instinct and you no longer think about it. You know, if you slowed down a fight and saw the amount of movement your body is doing during that fight, you could not think to do all of those things. But your brain is exceptional and it creates instinct. And all the time you're tearing people down, it will create an instinct to continue to do that. If you start changing your mentality, and the book is going to help you with that, but more than anything, your intention is going to help you with that. I'll, I'll ask you a question, Nick. When was, have you ever had this moment when someone's come up to you, and, and usually it's a car, you know, this is a good example. They've turned up at your house and they've got a car and it's a weird color. You've never seen that shade of red, or you've never seen that shade of yellow, or you've never seen that shade of green. And you're like, yeah, that's nice, but I've never seen that color before. When you're driving down the high street the following day, what's the only color car you see? Only that weird color. Only that weird <laughs> color. When your mind is open to negativity, what's the only thing that you see the following day? I freaking love that, man. The negativity, 100%. So you've got to start training your brain to look at opportunity, positivity, challenge, and connectivity. And then the following day, it's the only thing you're going to see. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm ranting here, and I apologize, Nick. It's your no, son. I love it. I love it. We've just gone through a pandemic. We didn't have to fly anywhere. We didn't have to drive anywhere. It was like being given three extra days a week. It was phenomenal. The hours you had in the day were brilliant. Did you know, and BBC in the UK came up with this, so you can Google them to validate it. During the pandemic, during that two-year period, more than 5 million new millionaires were registered. Oh. More than 5 million new millionaires were registered in our worst 
possible time in our world, there were 5 million people that went, hey, this is an advantage. Here we go. You think about that. that. How many people did you know right at the beginning of COVID? They were like, oh, I can't get out now. What should I binge watch on Netflix? (laughs) You know, get off your chair, you fat ass, and do something. (laughs) And then you get all of these people that are on, are on social going, oh, my God, COVID's come along and I can't go to the gym. You were never going to the gym before bloody COVID. <laughs> and it just became the period of excuse. And I got really annoyed, really aggravated, started commenting on social in not a very polite way. <laughs> people were like, you know, something's really pissing you off. And I, ca- I cannot believe in a world where we're supposed to be united for the first time ever, we're supposed to be united and we're attacking each other and we're protesting. And it ended up becoming the book. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale, and fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together Make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. Man, I think those are beautiful words. One of the things that I, I tell everybody, it's dude, it's like again, two peas in a pod, but I think it was Elon Musk actually, or maybe Mark Cuban that was talking about there's gonna be a time a few years from now when people go into job interviews and one of the biggest questions is gonna be, what did you do during the pandemic? And if your answer is I reinvented my business. I got in shape. I raised a family. I did X, Y, and Z. I joined the mastermind. I built my brand with Steve Sims. Or I watched Tiger King. I cannot tell you how many people I was like engulfed in what's happening with the market. What are people doing? What are people going to do? What are people thinking? What are people? And like 99%, oh my God, Tiger King, Tiger King, spending time writing the guy letters to try and get him out of power. I was like, what? Like, this is what you're doing at like a time that you can reinvent yourself and everything's on the line and you have this opportunity. And I do believe there's going to be a renaissance of people that use that. And we're going to start to see some amazing things that came out of it. And there's going to be other people that sat on on the sidelines. And like you said, they watch Netflix. And when they were done watching Netflix, they watch YouTube. That's how they spent the pandemic. It's insane. Yeah, it's a, it was a ridiculous time frame. It was such It was such a phenomenal opportunity to us. And um, I launched Sims Media. I co-branded, a co- um, co-founded a company with my son, uh, Sims.media. We went ballistic, um, had to take on staff. It was a phenomenal period. There's the old saying that, you know, um, exceptional sailors are born during rough seas. Uh, COVID wasn't that rough. We just couldn't go out. We didn't have <laughs> anything else. We, you think about it. You, have, you had the Great Depression where a lot of people didn't have heat, you know, didn't. Here's one thing. We had two years of COVID where we couldn't go out. Imagine if we had two years without the internet. 
You know, that, 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 now here's the thing. Could you survive? And I'm talking to your listeners out here. Ask yourself, if Facebook died now, LinkedIn, the internet, you couldn't Google, you couldn't stream, you couldn't do any of those things. Are you apt enough to be able to communicate with the planet? Could you do this ridiculous thing, pick up the phone and phone your clients and go, hey, the internet went dark, but I'm still here, man. You know, you still have the problem and I can still solve it. Right. We need to tweak how you do your marketing. We need to tweak how you do your branding. We get to go old. We've got to go old school now. Let's dust off that fax machine. But hey, or would you sit there and die? So it's a it's a strange one. It's a it's it is tough when you realize how as much as we try to grow and convince ourselves that we are a growing educated society how pulling the plug would actually create riots in a lot of places because we couldn't satisfy ourselves with our addiction to being entertained rather than our commitment to connect man i i think that that's a really interesting point because in a time where we can communicate so easily with everybody all over the world I have, I have heard you say many times that there is now a lost art of communication. And yeah. it sounds backwards because it's like, no, man, communication is, is more than ever. But it's, it's like, no, it's not. I remember I, I was taking my, my nephew to the gym and I was like, man, what are you doing this weekend? Hanging out with my friends. Where are you going? What do you mean? We're not, we're not going anywhere. He sits in his house. I sit in my house. They sit in their house. We put the headsets on. We play video games together. And I'm like, you don't leave the house and go anywhere. And you can start to see like when you're together, there's the disconnect. Like they're not. They're not, there's no face to face and stuff. They're my mom, my mom, 77 years old. I have to literally take her phone away from her when we're hanging out watching movies because she's on Facebook. It's the craziest thing. So I, I think that there is something to be said for that. And I love the fact that you're sort of bringing that back of that's the thing that's going to make the difference of no matter what, if the internet did die, when you built those relationships and you still know how to communicate, even though we all have introvert in us, how do you still make that go? How do we still hold on to that? Because that's the difference, man. That's why somebody would say yes to you when you say, well, why would I want to meet you for a drink in LA? It's like, man, communicate, to have a drink, to, to be people again. And other people don't have any interest in that. And I think it's a miss. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's sad. And it's being perpetuated. Like, when was the last time you walked into the uh, to a restaurant and you got a menu? Usually there's a QR code still on the table and they go scan the QR code. Now for me and my family, and it's an effort, we used to go along to a restaurant and we used to go, right, leave your phone in the car. And we'd leave the phone in the car and then we'd go into the restaurant. You go into the restaurant now and there's a QR code. So now what we do is we go into that restaurant without our phones and they go, you've got to scan. We haven't got a phone. And they look at you. You haven't, you haven't got a phone. No, bring me a menu. You know, now, we, we end up getting menus, but they look at us weird. But what happens is six people end up getting on their phone and they're now looking at the phone rather than having a cover. What do you want to eat? And those screens are so small and it's so hard to see everything that's on there. And you're like, well, what do you fancy? Oh, I don't know. And your heads are down. You're seeing the top of each other's heads. It's a very, very sad time. We need to get over that. We need to dump the QR code. We won't. And why won't we? Because the restaurants are now saving money on printed menus. So they love the fact that they got QR codes. Um, but no, we need to enforce, I want a menu. I want, I want to read a menu. Give me a menu.
I love that, man. And, you know, it's, it's again, an interesting time being somebody who's building brands. I, I heard you talk about this. I, I did a lot of research. I listened to you on a lot of other podcasts and it's always an interesting topic. You always have something different to say. It always goes down different routes, depending on how that host fires something up in you that you go, let's talk about this now. So I've had a really good time kind of going on a deep dive, but I love something you were talking about branding because, you know, I, I watch people, their Facebook profile is, you know, drinking drugs doing reckless stuff and then their linkedin profile is suits and business and this is why you would want to give me a million dollars to buy and i'm like how do you not understand that like at this point i don't just go on one medium like i was looking for somebody the other day and i googled her name and the first six things that popped up were her six top social media and all six of them are different you know so it's like when you're trying to build a brand i think it's almost the equivalent of like having five people at the same table and somebody asks about you and you lie to them about six different things. Even though they're all you, you have inconsistencies now in your brand and your identity and the things you're saying. And with social media, the footprint, like, thank God there wasn't some social media logging everything I've done for the last 30 you know, years. Like I feel bad for kids today, but it's out there now and you can backtrack. So what do you do about that? Like, how do you handle that type of stuff with your clients? <laughs> I I have openly said I should be unemployed. I have openly said that my business should not exist. It should not make the money it makes. It should not have the clients it has. It shouldn't exist. And here's the weird thing, and my son won't be happy about this because uh, he's the co-founder, but the business should go bankrupt. We should never, ever have a conversation where we've got to talk about branding. Because the first thing that happens is, and you've already said it, when people come to us and they go, oh, I'm not doing very well. I think it's marketing. And we go, okay, it's branding first, is marketing second. If you don't brand first, you end up marketing confusion. And no one confused will ever do business with you. And the first thing that we do is we look at how they show up socially. Because let, let's be honest, I'm chatting with you. And I go, hey, look, i got to tell you this, Nick. There's this guy I know, Jay. He's absolutely fantastic. You need him on your podcast. He's golden. You need him. Now, you're going to believe me because I'm credible. You like me, whatever. And But what's the next thing you're going to do? You're going to Google the guy, aren't you? No matter how good you've heard from me, eh, I just want to see for myself. You're not looking for anything other than validation from what I've said. But you don't get that validation. You get a disconnect because on Facebook, these girls gone wild. On LinkedIn, he's leaning up against a book of uh, 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 books that he's never read. You know, on, on Twitter, he's there's all these different pictures. There's all these different. What gets me is how you've got a different bio on every single different platform. <laughs> It's like, as you say, you're six different people. But this is one thing that a lot of people don't understand. It, 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 like, do you speak on stages? Yeah. Right. So you know this shit, but a lot of people out there don't. So let's break it down to them. There are two things that a good speaker needs to know before he steps on stage. One, we've heard this all the time, know the audience. But number two, and this is where I'm really good. Know that temperature. Now, a lot of people don't listen to the second one. They go, well, who's the audience? Well, they're entrepreneurs, they're this, they're that, they're that, they're that, they're that. All right, great. I've got the Excel spreadsheet on the dynamics and demographics of the client. But how are they feeling today? 
That's the temperature. Now, a comedian knows this very well because if the warm-up act sucks before <laughs> they go on stage, they've got a lot of heavy lifting to do. But if the warm-up act is brilliant, you'll laugh at freaking anything. So when you go out there, you've got to know, okay, was my, my speaker beforehand really good? Or have they just come back from lunch and they're really lethargic? Yeah, the worst events in the planet are where they don't have a warm-up man straight after lunch. And they have the first speaker, and he's trying to pull them back from the meat sweats from the carvery, <laughs> you know? That's the worst position in the world. But you've got to know the temperature of the room. Now think about it. What's the temperature of the room for your clients today? They are being bombarded with recession, depression, inflation, politics, Me Too, Black Lives Matter, COVID, monkeypox. Shit, all we need is the aliens. We got everything. <laughs> That's a lot of noise. So when there's a lot of noise going on, what do you need? You need clarity. When you're in a nightclub and it's raging and it's loud and the music's going, you want to be able to find the exit sign Really easily, don't you? That's why it's square, it's up high, and it says the word exit or toilet. You want simplicity today because there's too much noise. So if the first thing that you are doing is confusing them, you're adding to that noise. You know, Steve Sims, podcast host, podcast guest, author, coach, speaker. Every single social, I've got the exact same words. Exact, because I'm the same person. Can't understand why they do it, but that's what you need to focus on for yourself. One, all the time you've got that confusion and you lack the clarity, you'll have a problem. So that's what we focus on at Sims.media. We focus on getting you crystal clear with the solution you provide to the clients that have that problem. And we eliminate any of the shit that nine times out of 10 you've created. I love that, man. I think that that's a huge, massive thing right now, because like you said, even trying to find somebody for branding, there's goofballs that don't know what they're doing. And it, yeah. even their message is confusing about exactly what they do or how they're going to help you. And, you know, talking back about the book and people tearing you down, I think hanging around people in circles and things like masterminds that you are surrounded by people that lift you up and don't tear you down has been a, a definitely a, a bigger part of my success and my mindset and all that kind of stuff. And I think there's a place for that, but you know, your circle of friends, just like everything you were saying earlier, you're like a five-year-old. I love that for a couple of reasons. One, when you're five, you're looking at what are my friends doing? If all your friends around you are kicking butt, building people up, making money, that's what you're going to want to do to fit in with that crowd. But yep. I also like that when you're five, you fall down, you get up, you keep going, you do it again, you do it again, you do it again, and you question things. And I think not enough people question things. And in a time that it's more important than ever, like you said, there's very confident people giving very bad advice and, and wrong information. And I make the joke all the time. What do you call the guy who graduated last of medical school? He's still called doctor. His diagnosis is not the same as somebody who actually knows what they're doing, but people say stuff. And they demand stuff all the time with no real idea of what they're talking about. And they do it with such confidence that people believe them. And you had said something that I thought was brilliant. I don't know if you're going to remember because I know you've been in a lot of stuff, but you talked <laughs> about three letters 
that you can put together to tell people to get their time back. And I thought it was brilliant and reminded me of it when you said be like a five-year-old and question things. For people listening, what would be those three letters that would get you your time back? It's it's the most aggressive word in the planet and probably our most compelling and revealing. And so I will often throw why into the question. And people will literally text me and they'll be like, ah, Steve, I'm in LA. I, I want to take you out for a steak and a beer. And I'll be like, why? And the weird thing is I'll get people really, really upset about it. They'll almost get violent. Oh, I heard you were cool. You're a prick, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then I'll get other people turn around going, great question. I'm looking to expand this company. I'm looking at doing this. I'm looking at introducing here. I'm looking at connecting here. I'm looking at branding here. I'm looking at having a speaker here. What? A, and I'll be like, great. I can help you. I look forward to being there. Today, we don't ask why enough. And when you ask why, it shows you care. It shows you really want to know, not what the question is, but why is there the question? And that's what people want. And when you get to there, you connect. You connect to the core of the problem. And when you connect, they stay with you. That's where loyalty breeds. I love that, man. And circles and things, I think it's very interesting because I didn't even think to ask you this earlier, but what has kickboxing and combat sports done to help you in business? So I heard you say about what did martial arts do to me? Martial arts taught me to repeat the same thing to get it in instinctual. Okay. That was the first thing that I got. But I do remember at one point that in my brown belt uh, for Wushu Kwan, which was Chinese kickboxing, one of the exercises was that I had to fight two people. Okay. And they, they you know, they lined us up and the two people were there. And what you had to do quickly was run to the side of one of them. Because when you're facing one of them, the other one behind had to run around. And as long as you circumnavigated the person in front, the person at the back got tired. Okay. <laughs> and then what you would do is you would swap because now he's tired. And now the other person does it. I learned in doing martial arts to line up my problems and to see which one of them had the stamina to keep coming. Um, it taught me a lot. Uh, I found respect. I found, and here was the weird thing. And you're, you're probably a minute because you're a fighter as well. Everyone's going to lie, but we got into fighting because we wanted to beat up the entire pub and walk out with like a tiny little scar down our cheek. And we wanted to look like Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee. Right. <laughs> And we know that that never, ever happens. But I used to get beaten up as a kid, and I thought, I'm going to take this up because I want to basically be able to demolish the entire playground and walk out like a hero. And then something happened. And I remember it being in a pub. I'd always be in this pub. And it's usually the little people that pick on you, isn't it? It's never the big people. It's always the little shits that are trying to earn their stripes. If they beat you up, they're tough. If you beat them up, you're a bully. So you can't win that shit. But I always used to get beaten up by this, this hooligan in my local pub. And so I started working out and I started training. I started fighting. And I don't know, like probably about a year before I walked back into this pub. And we're in this pub and I saw the guy scouting out for, for a fight. And you could just read it. You could see it in the eyes. You could see it had a, a few bits of uh, licorice in him and he was ready to go, go flapping. And I'm stood there uh, against the bar and I thought, all right, he's going to pick on me. 
I'm going to put him down today, though, because I'm confident. I'm capable. And he looked at me, and he walked past me to find another victim. And I discovered at the time that the more you knew how to fight, the less you fought. That was the first thing I noticed. And I knew it noticed that it's not a case of, hey, do I want to fight? Most fighters don't want to fight. But are we prepared to, if necessary? And that's what it was in business. I'm not training for failure. But when it shows its head, I'm prepared to handle it. And that's what I got out of it. That man, that is a fantastic answer. I love that. No, no, okay, I got you. That was perfect, okay, man. Okay. That was great. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that, man. Now, uh, talking about, again, circles. So my my circles right now are guys that do podcasts, do real estate, and they're, they're fighters and all that kind of stuff. So it becomes my normal. I know that you are also running a mastermind coming out to LA soon, right around the time that the book comes out. So talk about the stuff you have going on from the book to the speakeasy, to the to to all the kind of stuff coming up with the media company. I know you got a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. Your website's pretty incredible. Yeah, well, I know we've only got a few minutes left because I've got to bail soon. But, uh, you know, I've got Go For Stupid coming out on the 18th of October. And I run a mastermind called The Speakeasy. And The Speakeasy is only open to 40 people. And it's my idea of solving your problem. So we don't tell you who's coming but you purchase your ticket and you can find out details at stevedsims.com. And I'm Steve D Sims anywhere, D for dashing and one M in Sims <laughs> everywhere. Um, and what I do is when someone signs up to go to my speakeasy, we contact you and we go, what's your problem? And if we can't help you with your problem, we refund you the money and you don't come. But if we can help you, we'll get the person at the event that's going to solve your problem. And that's what we focus on. We jokingly say it's the greatest mastermind that you know nothing about. And we've got, I think we've got like 38 registered already and accepted. We had 38 apply. Uh, sorry, we had uh, 40, forget how many we had applied, but we probably had about 10 or 12 more people apply than we accepted. And they don't even know where it is. They've got the hotel because we've told them what hotel to be at. Our venue is close to the hotel, so we know they don't have to travel too far, but they don't know where it is, who's going to be there, what they're going to learn, or what they're going to get up to. But on the last night, and this is where it gets a bit special, is that we're actually going to throw a launch party the only way I know how. So we're going to have a pretty cool launch party to celebrate Go For Stupid, the art of achieving ridiculous goals on the 18th of October, and the speakeasy starts on the 17th. Man, that is incredible. I am very excited for the book. And I love the message that you're trying to put out there because I think if you could just change one person's mind when they read the book and they go, I'm going to stop being addicted to people. I'm going to start building people up. And yep. then you start to, like you said, look for that. And now it, it was an amazing thing when I started noticing the negativity in people. And I, you know, I, I just went for like a, a thing with this like uh, it was like a massage therapist, but she was doing like mindset stuff too. And she goes, hey, look at my wall. She had this incredible wall. She goes, hey, close your eyes. And now like only think about the things that were blue. And I go, okay. She goes, okay, how many were there? I go, 18. She goes, great. How many things were purple? I have no idea because you weren't looking at it. And now all I can think of is like, what am I focusing on? What am I focusing on? What am I focusing on? And it really, it, it changes you. Like when you change the, the way you look at things, the things you're looking at change. And I think that's what your book is doing. Your book is helping people see the purple in that example. And the more they yep. can at least become aware of that 
and then start to change that behavior, that's when we start to make a change in a trend permanently that instead of everybody looking at the news feeds and the comments of all the ways to make people feel bad about going after stuff, they can support them. And I think that that's exactly what the world needs right now, sir. So you were doing a huge service and I would love to help promote that as much as I can and help pass on that message and encourage that as much as possible. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Definitely, man. We're going to do a giveaway for the book when this episode comes out. When the book comes out, I'll, I'll, I'll buy a bunch and I'll kind of give them out to people because I'm all about spreading the positivity. But for people that are looking for you for all the different things that we just mentioned, obviously you can check the show notes, but for your side, social media, all kinds of different things. Talk, how do people find you? How do people connect with you? What's the best ways to get Steve Sims? Do you know, I'm easy. I'm Steve D Sims, D for dashing, one M in Sims anywhere. Whether it be Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, uh, stevedsims.com. I am incredibly easy to find. Just Steve D. Sims, wherever you consume your media. Man, well, I very much appreciate this. I've been following you for a while. You were a total gentleman to come on and share your time today. It made a lot to me. I really had a good time. And I had a really good time listening to you and doing the deep dive and all your other interviews. So for people listening, go back, check out his stuff. He's got a lot of his past podcasts on his website. And you were going to have a really good time listening to some of the experiences some of the people and some of the messages. So thank you so much, sir. You bring your A-game to everything you do. Today has been no different. You bring your A-game to this interview. Any final thoughts before I let you go? Just do some action. Just try and support rather than can like tear people down. Just try it once and see the effect you have. Steve Sims, ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic day. Cheers.